Welcome in. Brand new Jock Market Power Hour for this week's Rocket Mortgage Classic. I'm Rick Gaiman. That right there, Joe Idoni. Joe, good evening. Happy Wednesday to you once again. Happy Wednesday night to you, buddy. Uh, Motown this week. Uh, Rocket Mortgage, Wyndham, FedEx Cup. Good little run up here. Uh, excited to talk about the field for the IPO closing hour, uh, which is taking place actively right now. I think I just got some breaking news. Wes says it's glad to have Jock Market back in Ohio. I guess it's, it's back up and running. It's been back. It's oh, been okay. back for a little while. Yeah, but right. but well, glad good. to see it. Yeah. <laughs> glad, glad you're excited, Wes. All good there. Also, uh, Frank is ready to just throw all the marbles on Patrick Cantlay tonight. He's ready to rock and roll. There's a lot of guys at the top of the leaderboard, but Frank has already planted his flag one second into the show. Love it. Uh, he's, he's going all in. Love to see it, Frank. Don't tip your hat too early, though. There's a lot of uh, sharks around here in these comments. Uh, yeah, there certainly are. If you've just stumbled in, here's what we're doing. We're playing stock market DFS right now. Literally right now, you can go and bid on shares of golfers for this week's Rocket Mortgage Classic. When this IPO closes just before 9 p.m. Eastern time, if you're one of the high bidders, those shares are allocated to you. They go into your portfolio, and then you can actively, uh, you can buy more shares, you can sell, you can short golfers after that. And this is, uh, it's a better field than we had last week, Joe, in my opinion. I don't, I don't think the strength of field, the strength of field might not say it, but these are our guys. Yeah. And you know what? A lot of the guys at the top, like some, I, I think it comes into question a lot of times in these type of events, like how much motivation uh, is there or is it more of an obligation for the top players in the event? Um, these guys are like, if you rule out Finau, who obviously just got the win, Patrick Cantlay has all the incentive in the world to try to stack as many FedEx Cup points heading into defending his crown there. Zalatoris and Young guys still looking for their, their maiden PGA Tour victory. So um, a lot of incentive, a lot of motivation, and a nice little paycheck to boot uh, for the top guys in the field. So here's how it kind of works out. We can use last week as an example. Tony Finau, of course, the victor, went for $9.05 in IPO last week, paid out the full $25 a share. Scott Piercy, on the other hand, who completely melted down, burned every outright ticket. I don't even think, I guess he did end up finishing inside the top five. Uh, horrible if you had a Scott Piercy ticket. Not so bad in the jock market. $3.30 in the IPO last week, $15 a share. Uh, that's that's the beauty of this, Joe. Yeah, jock market themselves uh, had a little fun with it uh, with some of their posts and showing the graphs moving up and down as the day went on for Scott Piercy. Uh, things went off the rails fairly quickly, but um, as you could see here, uh, you weren't too upset if you had some shares of them in jock market. Um, like you mentioned, it's kind of the beauty of this is he just has to outperform his expectation level, which at $3.30 last week was was somewhere around finishing like 47th or better and would have won you money. Piercy, Han, and Danny Willett all went for under $4 a share. They paid out $15 a share, $14 a share, and $13 a share respectively that's kind of the the sweet spot joe there were a couple of expensive guys at the top finau and sungjae but then it was just littered with guys from basically 330 to 550 yeah yeah that's what it was last week i think we may see something a little bit similar uh tonight i think we're gonna see patrick cantlay probably hold down that top spot but um after that in that like sort of seven to five dollar range i think we see a lot of guys line up 
Uh, question here says, Hey guys, when I see like 65 to 75 holdings in some of these guys' portfolios, does that really mean they own shares of that many different golfers? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they are, uh, they've got the fingers working quite quickly. They get them bids in early, um, and they just wait for it to see how many guys they are going to end up with. But, uh, it's been a successful strategy sort of blanketing the board. You know, it's like, it's, it, at some point you're going to strike out, but your odds of hitting the winner, which is the most important thing in jock marketing, getting that $25 payout are so much greater. It's like splashing chips all over the roulette board. You're more likely to hit your number the more spots that you have covered there. The thing that I don't often remind people enough of is that, yes, you can bid right now, but you could have also put in a bid seven hours ago, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you just put in the max that you want to bid on a golfer and you wake up tomorrow morning, you might have shares of that guy if you haven't been outbid. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I believe the it opens sometime in the early afternoon. So um, yeah, as soon as the contest is up, as soon as the uh, IPO is opened, you can start putting in shares then. And, and there's so many shares available for each player that it's not going to uptick the price immediately unless you're grabbing like 75, 80 shares. Uh, it, it won't really adjust until more people start to flood into the market. If you're interested in getting started for the first time, use the code POWER. Uh, it's up to a 100, 100% deposit bonus up to hundred bucks. I believe is what it is. Uh, there's a link in the description. So go get your free money and get involved in the jock market. Uh, Joe, this is our opportunity to play bullish or bearish. This is where we look at four different golfers and decide whether we are bullish or bearish on them. It's very, very simple. Now, um, I'm, I'm so happy. There was a little synergy here because one of the first comments out of the gate was from Maurice. And Maurice said, sorry if this question has been answered already, uh, but is Denny McCarthy really worth playing this week? Well, it's funny. I've got I've got Denny on my list of, of golfers here to talk about. So let's let's start there, Joe. Uh, Denny McCarthy, who tonight is a, a we're, we're putting a fair value on him of seven dollars and twenty five cents a share. That would be twenty first or better. For Denny McCarthy, I think I have a feeling where you're going here, but I need to hear you say it bullish or bearish on Denny. I may shock you here. I'm oh, going to take no. a bearish stance on no. him. Um, you know, I love me some Denny and, and he actually was went for his highest IPO ever the last time out. I believe like eight dollars and 30 cents still returned to your profit with a T6 there at the John Deere. Um, been playing so good. Look at that six of the last 10. And really, that's um, what five of the last eight he's returned you a really solid profit six of the last eight um, so he's been on a fantastic run I just worry Rick that we're already at 571 I think he's going to probably eclipse that 741 fair value projection uh, pretty quickly before nine o'clock hits tonight on the east coast and I'm going to just take a bearish stance what do you got I'm stunned I feel I feel <laughs> stunned is the way I feel right now. Yeah, I mean, I I I could argue this is one of the better, uh, not necessarily courses. Although I do think if this turns into a putting contest, obviously that's that's where Denny shines. He's gained strokes with the sure. flat stick sixteen starts in a row. So I'm I think it's pretty safe to say, yeah, that he's probably going to do it again and probably in in big ways. But um, you know, he's been piling up the top ten finishes. He's starting to find a little something with the rest of his game. I don't think this is a horrible spot for him from T to green. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm in on Denny. We'll see what the number is. You're right. There is, obviously there's a price for everybody, but I'm, I'm excited to see what Denny does this week. 
Good. I'm selfishly like holding out for yeah. hoping I get something next week. Oh, okay. I thought you were doing like the reverse jinx. Like, I don't know if we'll do that well. And then like- I thought about that. Um, I'll be happy for Denny if he wins. Uh, I'm probably going to pass this week unless I can get a really good price. All right. Next up, Adam Scott, who we are putting a fair value of $7.54 a share on. That's 19th or better. I admit, Joe, I, I have wavered. I have gone back and forth on Adam Scott all week long. I still am unsure of how I feel about him for this week. So I'm hoping that you feel some type of way bullish or bearish on Adam Scott. You know, to be honest, I'm kind of lukewarm. Also, I early in the week, I really liked him and felt like he really kind of stuck off the page to me as as a a talent gap from where he was priced in some other markets, the odds boards where I thought he was going to come in at jock market. Um, But then I start to wonder, like, why is Adam Scott here? Uh, It doesn't make a whole lot of sense, given the schedule that he likes to play. I worry a little bit about him sort of switching irons around the time of the memorial, um, you know, kind of like basically revamped his entire bag and we haven't really seen like a fantastic performance since then. Um, I'm going to probably be on the bearer side just that I think he's probably going to go for close to eight bucks again. Although you got the data right there. He's returned in two consecutive starts. So maybe my, my eyeball test was a little bit wrong. I'm still going to say bearish on Adam Scott tonight. Uh, what do you got, buddy? Yeah. I mean, even though it's, I mean, it's not great for a guy who's one of like, you know, the three or four betting favorites in this field, I will say tiny bullish. I don't like, you're right. It doesn't make sense why he's here. I worry about, um, I worry about his ability to make enough putts. I look at his stat profile and I see a guy who's fairly inconsistent, but at the end of the day, I'm still sure he's better than like 80% of the field pretty easily. And maybe even an even larger number of that if he kind of starts going towards the ceiling a little bit. So I think, and I also don't think he's going to be all that popular. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I, I don't think people are dying to bid and to buy shares of Adam Scott. So I think when this IPO closes, I'll be like, yeah, that's a good price on Adam Scott. You're probably right. Looming question marks always tend to temper the price point a little bit. And there are quite a few, as we just mentioned, to uh, maybe keep enough people off of Adam Scott that makes him an attractive buy. Uh, Next up, Chris Kirk, Uh, $6.13 per share is the fair value for tonight. That's 27th or better, Joe. Bullish or bearish on Chris Kirk? Yeah, I'll go a bullish guy here. Uh, here's the case. He's played good the last two years, 21st and a 12th the previous two years at the Rocket Mortgage. Um, always good sort of tee to green. He's accurate. He's He hits it far enough off the tee. Really, really underrated around the green game and, and sort of hands in some situations where he may not hit the green surface. Um, and pretty good incoming form as well with the approach, some of the approach numbers uh, as of late he's had a good season like you see that many uh spikes on a chris kirk graph um that's all in all a pretty good season for him there's been ups and downs but i think this week is going to be an up week for him therefore i'll I'll go bullish uh at 27th or better finishing position uh i'd like that I, i like chris kirk i i'm very indifferent i'm probably a slight bear here he's lost in 11 of 20 
markets, um, your the the lack of you know you know th- there's a couple of different ways to get it done at Detroit Golf Club. I think he kind of can do one of them, but I I kind of look at some of the other guys that are that are priced near him, and it's not like I have to choose in the jock market. I just don't think my funds are going to end up going to Chris Kirk. And and you make a good point. Like, uh, hasn't he played well at Wyndham? Right. Like can't, can't like this is a good time of year. And I feel like I'm almost rooting for a T 53 to get like a really good something on him next week. (laughs) Yeah. We got back to back sort of Donald Ross tracks and we don't see very many of those on the PGA tour. And they're in, he does have a definitive like player type that sort of fits. You think Webb, you think Sung Jay, you think guys like Denny and Kisner um, who play these Donald Ross tracks pretty, uh, pretty significantly well in comparison to where they play at other PGA tour stops. So the putter can always get hot. That never hurts for a guy like Chris Kirk. We know he can do it from T to green. Finally, uh, making his debut in bullish or bearish. I don't think we've ever featured him on this segment, but the recent play deserves it. It's Callum Tarrant. We have his fair value, Joe, at $3.93 a share. I, I haven't refreshed in a couple minutes. I can already tell you he's within like 60 cents of that. He's already he's at over least, it. Okay. Did he already break through? Yeah. Um, so what, do, you, what, do you know what he's at now? Do you know what he's uh, like? Yes. I just had it up. Give me one second. Yeah. He is $3.99. Okay. So if we adjust it, let's say $4.99. Okay. Which is like, should I go higher than that? Or do you like that? No, I like that. I think that's right. fair. would be like 33rd or better. Uh, I ask you, bullish or bearish on Callum Terran? Dude, it's too high for me there. Um, I came into this thinking that I was going to make a bullish argument for him just because he's he's much longer off the tee than I had originally thought when I first started watching him play, basically around the U.S. Open where he had that, that big finish. He was leading through, I think, 32 holes of the U.S. Open. Backed it up with a good finish last week, I believe a T7 where he played, shot the back nine in like 30 shots. Um, really good couple performances on the heels of a T six at the John Deere as well. Playing awesome. I just think that he's going to be so popular this week. I know that he's popular in other formats. He's seen him on a lot of betting cards. He's already cleared his fair value projection. I think it's time. If you've had some shares of Taron, like I had last week, it's time to dump him. I think here feels like a trap. Uh, feels like a trap. A guy who is catching all this steam from a couple of, you know, really good finishes, but I think I'm ready to step, step in that trap. Uh, okay. I, I'll be a bull here. I, I, I think that there are going to be plenty of spots to, to, to not be involved in Callum Taron. I think this is one of the better spots for, him. you know, we've seen kind of the combination of, um, driving distance and putting, which is what he, that like, that's what he does. So I, I kind of am willing to give him, uh, one last go around, fire him up one last time. I'll reassess again next week and we'll see. But like, I, I'll, I'll step on the rake. I'll step in the trap. It feels like a trap, but I'll, I'll take the bullish side on, on Cal. Yeah. You made a great point there where you look at, um, you know, two of the winners when you have obviously Bryson and you have Cam Davis, who is extremely aggressive and gotten longer off the tee seemingly every time he plays it, you think bombers, but they're both very good putters. Cam Davis is a great putter. Bryson is a really good putter as well when he gets going. So you don't, you can't just look at bombers. 
Um, you have to have that secondary asset too, or you can make enough putts in order to win a tournament. Um, and if he's doing both of those things well, then he should set up very well for Detroit Golf Club. Okay. I am ready to unveil the big board. That's the live pricing as it's coming in. And we'll refresh it throughout the night because by my clock, it is 8.32 p.m. Eastern time. And a few minutes or maybe a minute or maybe a few seconds before 9 o'clock, this IPO is going to close. So we've got about 25 minutes or so. And as of right now, things are heating up. And that is Patrick Cantlay atop the jock market eight dollars and 88 cents a share he is the number one pre-ranked golfer joe which is important pre-ranked breaks ties here in the jock market and those are very important in golf um you mentioned it a little bit earlier is it is it runaway patrick Cantlay night he's the favorite he's playing well and during this stretch he's also played well at major championships which has been like the only knock on him is this him making a run getting hot and getting back to try to defend his fedex cup it might be rick because we've seen this sort of um recency bias which always happens when sort of trying to predict golf the run that we're on right now of, of the favorites sort of coming through, I can't quite really remember something quite like that. Like Rory almost came through at the Open. Rory did come through at the Canadian Open as, as a pretty substantial favorite. Tony Finau last week. So as to where last year we were on this run of these bomb 150 to 1 long shots coming into this event, then people started to have a little more interest in these guys down the board. I think the recency bias of late of just the top, most talented player in the field, taking home the trophy over 150 other guys, um, which is hard to do, but it's happened a lot lately. I think that probably pushes Patrick Cantlay well over the $10 mark tonight, and I think a lot of people will be excited to have those shares. Uh, right behind, as of right now, is Tony Finau, $8.27 a share. Hunky Tony coming off the big win at the 3M Open. He was $9.05 last week. I imagine we're going to break through that. He's already passed his fair value for tonight, so we're, we're I believe, going to get uh, high expectations from Finau again this week. I can't do it. I know it doesn't make any sense, but just coming off the victory, we know how important that is for Tony. He talked himself uh, in the post-round presser about um, how much stress he felt sort of winning the 3M Open and like pressure down the stretch when all of a sudden he realized he had the lead. Um, his family was there, emotional win for him, got back in the winner's circle. I know that it wasn't Liberty National wasn't all that long ago. But um, I was a little bit shocked, to be frank, that he didn't just withdraw to this event because we see a lot of the winners do that if they're scheduled the upcoming week. Uh, I'm probably going to pass this week just because there's a lot of unknowns there and a couple of guys under that will probably be around the same price that I feel a little bit are more predictable in a sense. Uh, Will Zalatoris, he is to me like I've I, I don't have much invested in Will Zalatoris this week, and I'm just genuinely interested in how he does seven dollars and 57 cents a share he's the second pre-ranked golfer i have spoken at length this week where he is clearly talented i don't think detroit golf club is a great spot for him but i would be not surprised and very very impressed if he just went out and snapped off and won this thing yeah so I guess the narrative around him is you want him on a hard course. You want him on a major, right? You get a place like Detroit Golf Club. We're talking 18 to 20 under par. Do you think that that hampers his chances or does it just bring more players into the fold hmm. that he has to end up defeating on a Sunday? I, I just don't think that his, like, his skill set is so good. It's why he's so good yeah. at major championships, right? That 
the difference from T to green between him and CT Pan, uh, Bo Hostler, like it's so great that a, 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 a course like this that doesn't necessarily punish some of these bad shots or maybe turns into a wedge fest. Like I just think it opens it up for everybody else. I he he's got so many other places where he can separate himself from the from the field. Yeah. I don't think this is one of them. I would agree. Uh, Cam Young. He's the 15th pre-ranked golfer. Cam Young will be in the mix tonight for the most expensive, right? I mean, he is, he's going to be very popular in fantasy formats. He is going to, I mean, and he should be, he's got like the third shortest odds. He has proven everything. He's answered every single question. And I would argue, Joe, this might be the best spot we've seen for him. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. You, we, we talked about, like I mentioned it maybe five minutes ago about you want a bomber. Who's also a really good putter. That's kind of cam young right now. Um, he, those are his two strongest assets as well as a little bit of around the green game. I was so like amazed at like the, the open. And I feel like he's get, got so overlooked there. What he really accomplished in Eagle the 18th hole. And just because of what happened with Rory and Cam Smith, I felt like he got, didn't get the appreciation that maybe he deserved, but looking back on it, um, like coming down the stretch there, I mean, these are pretty good drivers. Victor, Rory, Cam Smith at, at hmm. times is a decent driver, but they were in the fescue. Like they were off the fairways all day and then they would cut to Cam Young and he was like 20 yards from the green, like in the fairway somehow every time. It's so impressive the weapon that he has with the driver off the tee and he can take this place apart. There's four par four sub 400 yards that I think he can just take the Bryson and Cam Davis method and get it as far down as he can and try to get up and down from 45, 50 yards. Um, I love them this week. I worry with these young players, Rick, and I know I'm going on long here, but sometimes with them, I like the, the, the noise to quiet a little bit. And then it's time to take them when they start to get a lot of, of people on the bandwagon. Sometimes these guys in their rookie years, maybe it's time to sell. I don't know. Where do you sit on Cam Young this week? Uh, I just, I, I think he's going to be too expensive for me, but right. be, we're, we're playing a sentiment based game. And, um, if I removed, if I removed that aspect of it, I'd absolutely love him. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing not to love, but he's already through his fair value. He's already mm -hmm. the second most expensive he's ever been third most expensive he's ever been. And we've got, you know, 20 more minutes to go. And I imagine he is going to clip, uh, $7 and 55 cents, which is what he was at the Wells Fargo championship. So yeah, I, 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 I will not have shares of Cam Young, but right. I am rooting for all of those who do because I think he's going to have a great week. <laughs> okay. How um, about the other Cam? Let's talk about him. Which one? Do you mind? There's, there's like Davis. six in the field. I know. There's okay. like 10 Cams now. <laughs> Defending champion Cameron Davis. I feel like he got a little bit of, uh, you know, the pre-rank this week at 25 isn't great. Um He's a much better player than that. If you look at the odds boards, if you look at his recent performances, he's playing awesome. He's a guy that was 125 to one coming into this event when he won. Now he's like 30 to one. So um, they're starting to understand this guy, but he is another cam who does everything that this course is going to require and he does it well and he's in good form. Um, I'm a big fan of him. I bet him this week. I'm probably going to try to get some shares tonight. I do actually, yes, for sure. Everything you stated and he's been great. And there's actually another, I think it's another T8 missing from this because it was at Barbasol where we didn't have a jock market. We had a, a cash market for the open. And yeah. um, so, so he's actually playing better than even these results would indicate. And obviously it's a good spot for him. I do think that there was like this, there was like this early, like I feel like last week it was like, okay, 
uh, Cam Davis is playing well. He's going back to he's going back to a place where he can defend. And then as the week went on, and we got a stronger field than we expected, and Cam Young got incredibly popular. And there's other guys like um, Davis Riley and Sahith and Maverick, Maverick McNeely that guys want to buy low on that we've kind of forgotten about the guy who's defending. And I'm interested to see if that actually shapes up here in the in the jock market or if I'm just imagining that. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, the pre-rank hurts in the jock market, as we, t- we talked about before. That is what breaks all ties. So being 25th is not a positive thing for him and could maybe keep the price point up. Like he's going to lose ties to Harris English and Taylor Pendrith and Brendan Steele and Siwoo Kim, all of these guys that he's substantially higher on the odds board. So that doesn't necessarily work in his favor, but it also could work in our favor as to maybe people factor that in a little bit and you ended up catching a little bit of a break on the price. Let's uh, look a little bit just below here. Cam Davis opened this up a little bit. We've got uh, Taylor Pendrith, Mav McNeely, Chris Kirk, who we've already talked about, uh, Keegan Bradley, Webb Simpson, Davis Riley, all these guys kind of lurking here. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see how how and who breaks out of that group because there's just like a lot of really fun guys that especially if you play, if you play fantasy every week, if you play in the jack market every week, you like these guys. So I'm interested to see how it kind of shakes out. Yes. Um, I think Webb will be interesting just because of his Donald Ross ties. Maybe I know that he'll be popular, obviously, next week going into the Wyndham. Um, Chris Kirk is right there, who I mentioned. Brendan Steele and like Johnny Vegas are there in the mid $4 range. A couple of guys who who are very good off the tee. They're reasonably, um, you know, Vegas at least can get a hot putter from time to time. Steele just let everyone down last week. Mm. And you wonder if it uh, presents an opportunity in the jock market where maybe in so many other formats, he burned a significant portion of the players uh, that they, they, they may not go back to him this week. And a chance, like everyone who loves him last week should like him this week, theoretically. I know that's not how it works, but <laughs> if he finished top 20 last week, I guarantee he would be more expensive and the sentiment would definitely be there on him the way he's playing. Yeah, theoretically is a, is a good word there. Um, I'm refreshing the big board right now. Remember, if you want to get involved, use the code POWER. That'll get you a deposit bonus. There's a link in the description. You can get yourself involved in this right now. Let me flip this around and look at the top 10, Joe, because uh, we like uh, Russell Henley is right now the cheapest top 10 golfer that you can get. He has been not good. He has lost you money in the jock market in six straight. The advanced metrics don't show much reason to be optimistic. Is there any reason to put your dollars behind Russell this week? So maybe. And the only reason, the main reason would be the price break that you're going to get on him. Now, three of those recent ones were the three majors. It's odd that he hasn't played another event. Um, but those like he's Russell Henley is not going to go out there and win us opens or, um, PJ championships or open championships for that matter. He's going to win, um, on shorter golf courses where he can hit his wedges. Like he made a run at the Sony, like he made a run at the Wyndham last year. Um, and while he burned people on the outright markets, he made you a really solid return in jock market. We talked about it after those weeks in both Mm -hmm. occasions. I think that given the price this week, I could be talked into it, but the form is hard to deny uh, the amount of that he's lost you over the past six starts. I want to get your thoughts on Davis Riley. He's the seventh pre-ranked golfer. I wish, so I've got, I've got a couple of one and done selections to make this week. And I wish I had the guts to click Davis Riley's name, right? Like I, I think that he is, 
such a good bounce back candidate after the miscut, the three M open. I, I wholeheartedly believe in the talent and probably his talent more than some of these other young guys that we're talking about. And I feel like, uh, maybe he's not going under the radar. He's $5 and 53 cents right now, but I feel like he could just make a ton of noise here. Yes, I agree. Totally. Um, he burned enough people last week at the 3M that they may not go back. Look, I think four, maybe six weeks ago, like where you rated players like Davis Riley and Cam Young were both ascending stars. They're both pretty equal in terms of how you would rate them out and who's going to get the first win and who's going to top five this event. Um, now this week, you know, you fast forward six weeks later and Young is going to be probably $2 more expensive than Riley. So you can get that discount on a player that I think is equally as talented, um, drives it great, also a good putter, just a really proficient young player. And these guys can pop on any occasion, as could like Sahith this week. Nick Hardy's made some noise recently. I don't mind keep going back to these guys. Tom Kim's another one mm -hmm. who are just playing well, who have the confidence, who are young, who you know the grind of a long long PGA tour season hopefully isn't wearing on them too much. And they just continue to ride the form and play this thing out through the FedEx cup and advance as far as they can. Patrick can't continues to move up the board here. $9 and 70 cents a share, almost a full dollar more expensive than Will Zalatoris at the moment, who is second. Let's find a little bit of value here, Joe. Let's just scroll on down and start getting into that range where we saw a lot of big returns last week. So I'm looking kind of sub $4. Danny Willett is coming off of a nice finish. Michael Gligic's been pretty great. We've got some, uh, you know, friends and family, Chris Goddard, Bo Hostler. Anybody in this range that you've clicked the favorites button on? Those three right there in a row, dude. Goddard, Hostler, Kitayama. All, yeah. all hit it long, all reasonably like... Got her up. The, the concern for me is he's probably the second longest guy in this field behind champ, but like, does he have the putter and, and champ kind of has the putter and DeShambo had the putter and Davis had the putter and, and young has the putter. Like I haven't really seen that from got up. Kitty Yama's an interesting one started off really well at the open, made the run at the Genesis is like just peaked in a couple of events. Yeah. And when he goes like he's finishing top five, so he's getting you a 16, 18, $20 payout in those finishes which is huge if you can get him somewhere like sub $4.50. Yeah, he's a lot longer than you think he is. A uh, little guy who can move it out there quite a bit. Uh, Hayden Buckley's a guy that I've been playing a lot recently, and he's just playing well, right? He's made you... Uh, he's made you money in four straight. The advanced metrics are very good. He's been, just been piling up these like T26s, T30s, and that's plenty uh, to turn you a profit in, in the jock market. And hey, maybe he goes out and... Uh, shows us what a ceiling is because there's a lot of guys in this field, Joe, who we don't know what their ceiling is yet. Chris right. Goddard up is one. Um, Hayden Buckley firmly in that category. Even Kurt Kitayama, right? Like we're learning what their ceilings are. And, you know, you start investing in some of these guys, uh, you might find their ceiling in a week where you're holding where you're holding some shares. Yeah, totally. And I think like a good like if you see signs with a good young player and you're willing to get them at a cheap price, like don't just buy shares one week and then kind of write them off. Like give them a couple of chances, give them a little bit of a run. Like Adam Svensson is a good 
sort of candidate in that for me. And where I had shares last week, he burned me. They were $6.85 a share. He's going to be far cheaper this week. And his one bad week, like, can I write that off and think back to the T24 at the John Deere, uh, like three consecutive top 25s before that, also a good finish at the Barbasol. Um, I think so. So these type of players, if you're in on a guy, like especially in these lower penny stocks, just stay in for a couple of weeks and, and try to ride it out. If there's a reason that you like him, just give him a shot. Yeah. Speaking of guys that we don't know what their ceiling is yet, Michael Thor Bjornsson falls into that category, went nuts at the Travelers. Very good, solid golfer. We have z very little information on him. Uh, you can see the 932% ROI off of a $1.55 IPO at the Travelers Championship. And then Kelly Kraft, um, he's got a bad pre rank draw tonight, 125th, but currently $3 uh, a share, and he's been piling up wins. He's been a winner in four straight. He's been a winner in six of seven, uh, finding a way to get to the top of the leaderboard. Anybody else here, Joe, kind of sub $3 that we should point out? Yeah, Thorne Bjornsson is, is an interesting one for sure. I'm, I'm happy that you brought him up. Um, I thought about Doc a little bit just because I remember he. this is where like he, he plunged onto the scene and I think finished like second or third here um, in one of his very first starts, although I know it's been a very ugly stretch for Doc Redman. Um, yeah, there's a lot of guys in here. Malnati, I've heard his name brought up a little bit this week. Um, some guys that you are definitely worthy in this type of event of taking a couple shots on and throwing some darts down here. Yeah, Malnati either had um, like the outlier approach week of his career by like four strokes, or he found something. So kind of one or the other, we'll see which direction. Like when you see something like that, like literally I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think maybe it was ball striking. I think his best event ever before last week, he'd gained like five and a half strokes ball striking. He gained nine last week, which is obviously not going to happen again, but do you say, oh, wow, he found something or, oh boy, this is like a recipe for disaster. I lean more on the recipe for disaster side, but yeah, there's definitely something to it. Like there's outliers. We all know that, and especially at a tournament, um, like last week with the amount of water hazards, I think threw some of the stats off. Like I think Troy Merritt led in, in strokes gained off the tee and was a terrible putter. Um, it felt like one of those weeks where if you could just avoid the water, like you're going to gain strokes in certain categories on approach and off the tee that you may not otherwise, especially at a place like this, where I believe water only comes into play on one hole. I see something that out of the blue and out of the ordinary out of someone like Malnati. Um, I consider it hard to replicate and come back and do again. Okay. This market is maturing. Uh, Patrick Cantlay. Out front, $9.70 a share. Will Zaltor, same thing. Tony Finau right behind $1. Or excuse me, the one, two, and three pre-ranked golfers are in that order right now. And then Cam Young, obviously getting a big boost. We haven't talked about Max Homa, and we haven't talked about... Well, that's basically it. Um, Max Homa seems like he's going to be fairer fair tonight, right? I think mm -hmm. the sentiment's going to be like right on. He's already, he's two cents away from his fair value. I don't know how much higher he'll get Joe, but do you have any hot takes on Homer? Or are we just kind of like, yeah, that's about right. Consistently great for like a year and a half, four wins recently. Um, it's got more than anybody else at the top of the board, except maybe Patrick Cantlay. So he's got the win equity that you're looking for. He's got the course set up that I think should favor his type of game. Um, yeah, I have a lot of interest in him. I actually like him a little bit better than like Young and Zalatoris this week. 
Uh, so we'll see kind of how that price mirrors theirs as the uh, as we close down IPO. Okay. Well, I, I think I was late last week, so I'm going to let you go early this week. It's 8.52. Uh, so Joe, good luck. Go get your bids in, take some, take some golfers away from these guys. And we'll catch up with you in a few minutes. Thanks guys. See you in a few. All right. So, uh, here's, what's going to happen. We've got a couple of minutes to go by my clock. It's uh 8 52 PM Eastern time. So in about five minutes or so, we're going to enter like the home stretch of this, where there's a, a randomized window in which this IPO closes. So we have a handful of minutes here. I'll take you the rest of the way. And as Joe mentioned, um, he's going to be bidding on these golfers. He, he, he's in the game with you. So he'll put those bids in and then we'll rendezvous in just a couple of minutes to see what his portfolio is and what your portfolio is as well. Um, if you're looking to get involved, the code you're looking for is power. It's up to a hundred dollar deposit bonus. You can go get that cash added to your account and you can start making these bids. As of this moment with a, with a new refresh, Patrick Cantlay remains as the most expensive golfer, uh, but he's getting more expensive. So now he is a full dollar and 14 cents more expensive than Will Zalatoris, the second most expensive golfer. Patrick Cantlay's fair value is still 60 cents away, uh, $10.44 a share, which would be asking him to finish about 11th or better. So we're not quite there yet, but if you're thinking that Patrick Cantlay can go out and finish inside the top 10, you're probably still a buyer at this price. Now, remember, if he finishes eighth, you're going to make, um, you know, you're not going to lose everything, right? This is not an all or nothing game that we play here in the jock market. Even if he goes out and misses the cut, you still get that $1 per share coming back your way. Will Zalatoris, clearly there are people who are much more excited about Will than I am. And maybe they should be. I could be wrong here. Uh, $8.71 a share. He's already over his fair value. So you're basically asking him to finish inside the top 15 at this price. Tony Finau, who's coming off of the big win, and who has returned you a profit and a pretty significant profit in what's that five of seven uh, is currently $8 and 56 cents a share. That's kind of the big three. Can't lay Zalatoris and Tony Finau gap to Max Homa, a dollar gap to Max Homa and Cam Young. And then there's another gap. So the way this is shaping up is a tier of three, a tier of two, and then everybody else. And that everybody else, uh, category that group, and that's really interesting to me to see who comes out of it. Is it going to be Cam Davis, our defending champion, who's six dollars and thirty cents? Is it going to be a buy low spot on Davis Riley at six twenty? Um, I, <laughs> I appreciate the fact that Taylor Pendrith is six oh one. I'm very bullish on him. I'm not sure if I'm that bullish on him, but I, I love his chances this week. Considering um, we are already now way into an all time high on Taylor Pendrith, which is not something I always love to be buying in on. 8.55 p.m. Eastern time by my clock. So we got a couple minutes here. I'll give this board a refresh and we'll see what's going on. So see if we still have those kind of three distinct tiers. Wow, we do. And uh, here comes the Patrick Cantlay love. Patrick Cantlay has broken through his fair value for tonight. He's now $10.49 a share. This is one of the most expensive we've seen from Patrick Cantlay in quite some time. And he's now almost $2 more expensive than the other guys. So he's basically in a tier of his own. So it's basically Cantlay tier, Zalatoris Finau tier, Homo Young tier, and then everybody else tier. That everybody else tier um, includes the likes of Sahif Tagala coming off of a missed cut at the 3M Open. Kevin Kisner, who is $6 a share. He has had a really good track record around uh, Detroit Golf Club. This course certainly would like you to be long, 
but it does not box out those who are not long. And we've seen that over the course of the past couple of years. It's just not long enough. 7,300 yards as a par 72, not going to get it done. Tom Kim, Joe mentioned him earlier. Uh, if you're looking for Tom Kim, try Ju Hyung Kim. And he is a loser, believe it or not, in his last two markets because the hype train has been so hot on Tom Kim, but I think it's well-deserved. Big winner at the Scottish Open, big winner at the U.S. Open. He is uh, not short on incentives with that special temporary membership status. He needs points, and he knows it, and you imagine he's going to give you four days of a grind. Scott Stallings has a really interesting stat profile, or at least a really interesting recent history. Uh, six events, three missed cuts, three top eight finishes. That's boomer bust. You might want that in your portfolio. He's like a tech stock. You know, he's not a blue chip. He's he's going to he's going to be all over the place. So consider that if you're building out your portfolio for tonight. Callum Taren, who we talked about in bullish or bearish is four dollars and eighty five cents a share at the moment, which is a full dollar more expensive than his fair value. So plenty of good vibes headed towards Callum Taren. We haven't said a word about Ricky Fowler. Uh, Ricky Fowler has been bad. He's been a loser in five straight. He has not made you money in the jock market since uh, the PGA championship, but maybe he can give that rocket mortgage one last uh, hurrah here as uh, an ambassador to this event. Cam champ, I believe is starting to lay the blueprint. That's just my opinion. T 16 three. I'm open. I think this is a much better spot than last week was it's eight 57. So this thing is very much in its final threads. We'll see how much longer this IPO is open for, but however long it's open for, it seems like Patrick Cantlay is going to continue. Are we good? Oh, I think, are you on mute? Yeah, we're open. Okay, we're open. Sorry. Uh, $10.67 for Patrick Cantlay. He is uh, by far now the most expensive golfer in this cash market. Will Zalatoris carving out a nice little spot for himself as well. 9.05 with Tony Fee now at 8.56. Look at the sentiment on Cam Young. He is the 15th pre-ranked golfer. He is the fourth most expensive golfer. $7.90. That's two cents more expensive than Max Homa. Uh, Russell Henley, we're getting a little bit of a run on Henley. That four uh, in the pre-rank column is very, very valuable here. Cam Tringale, who, uh, you know, maybe he's the most mispriced guy, right? He's got a couple of decent finishes here at the Rocket Mortgage. Uh, never does anything sexy, so he's never getting the sentiment. He's $5.62 per share. Let's go down the board here and see what we can find. Uh, Bo Hoster, $3.75. That's $1.25 more expensive than his IPO. Austin Smotherman just cleared his IPO or excuse me, his fair value for tonight. And then Hayden Buckley is a dollar over his, but I think that's probably a pretty good buy. Let me try to steal one more refresh here. This is going to close at any second. Um, so let me see if I can get another refresh in before that happens. And we'll see what these IPO prices are. It was 1067 for Cantlay last time. 1088. Oh my God, he's on the move. He never stops. 1088. We are getting into some un uncharted territory for him. And the rest of this board is starting to figure itself out. Denny McCarthy leads the rest of the guys at 666. That's a pretty good price, honestly. Pendra 615. He's falling back. There's a late a late push on Adam Scott at 605. I've got 859 and 45 seconds. Are we still open, Joe? Uh, I think you're muted, Joe. Are we still open? How about now? Yeah, I got you now. All closed. Sorry, buddy. Okay. Shut it down. 
IPO is closed. So that was uh, seemingly late. Patrick Cantley ran away with this thing, Joe. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't believe he Like, I, I thought he was going to clear 10, and he went right through it and just kept going. Okay, well, um, give me a second here because we got to let my my big board refresh get the final pricing in. Let us know who your portfolio is. We'll see Joe's portfolio in just one second. Okay, I got the final pricing. So, Joe, if you are ready, uh, I am ready for your portfolio. Yep, uh, right there, both under the $8 mark, Max Homa and Cam Young at the top. Um, also got Cam Davis, 648. I thought it was a pretty good price on Mr. Davis. Uh, moving down in the $4 range, Troy Merritt, Cam mm -hmm. Champ, Christopher Gotterup, and then some of my penny stocks this week would include Kurt Kitayama, Matthias Schwab, and Hayden Buckley. Those are my nine guys. You know, uh, we probably should have talked about Merritt. He's been very good yes. at this event. He's putted well. And that's kind of the one thing that's missing from his game right now. So if he can kind of marry those things together, uh, could he, he actually lost at a playoff to Cam Davis last year. Yeah. Uh, Homa Young Davis, that's Cam Davis, Troy Merritt, Cam Champ, Chris Goderup, Kurt Kitayama, uh, Matthias Schwab, and Hayden Buckley. That is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine golfers for Joe. That's Joe's portfolio. Nine guys. Yep, that's it. I love little that. Little at the top, little in the middle, little down low. Uh, Snoopaloop said he went dumpster diving. Cam Champ, Chesson Hadley, Kelly Craft, Sung Yul No, Jim Canals, Morgan Hoffman, and JG Funk got Adam Scott, Harris English, uh, Nick Hardy, Patrick Rogers, CT Pan, Alex Smalley, Kelly Craft, and Michael Thorbjornson. Let's go. Yeah, you see, um, I was going to ask you before before we get out of here, um, just because obviously live trading is now open. I saw some stuff come out later today that maybe there could be like a difficult weather situation. Is that tomorrow or Friday? Do you have any insight there where maybe uh, could present some opportunities in jock market as yeah. a trade live? When I checked it uh, about five hours ago, the Thursday afternoon seemed to get a bit windier now depending on how different that is you know one place you look it's five miles an hour another place you look it's nine miles an hour um that seems to be the worst side of it i don't know how impactful it is but you're right when you when you start seeing this coming and you start seeing you know the scoring averages change you could you could be active in the jock market and kind of make some trades based on that yeah, especially like I saw that those gusts were getting up there, and that's usually what throws these guys for a little bit of a loop. So uh, maybe advantageous to get on some guys in the early morning wave tomorrow. Um, and then if you have any good positions later in the afternoon, potentially look to dump those uh, based on how the weather is coming in. But but all in all, like it's open. You can short, you can live trade, you can add to your portfolio, you can get rid of stuff. That's what makes this thing awesome all through 72 holes, and we finish up on Sunday. Can't lie, 1088, the most expensive he's been since the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, by far the most expensive golfer out here, basically asking him to finish inside the top 10 with Zalatoris and Tony Finau right behind. So it was basically can't lay by himself, Joe, Will and Tony, and then Cam and Max and everybody else. That's how this shakes out. Yeah, can't lay is an interesting one this week. Um, obviously played really good at the Open and overseas there. Uh, was kind of in a little bit of a rut mid-season, I guess a little bit earlier in the summer, and found his form a little bit as of late. We know 
Um, obviously, defending FedEx Cup champ, we know how important stacking points is and positioning yourself for East Lake. And if anyone understands that, it's Patrick Cantlay trying to defend his crown with the starting strokes format uh, that's in place right now. So a lot of motivation coming in as a heavy favorite this week could be a good week for him to continue that hot form, snag a win, vault up the leaderboard and position himself for the next uh, three week run coming up. We have in a few weeks. The other guys. I find this really interesting. It, these are these are all my guys, right? It's like Denny, Sahith, Ry- Davis, Riley, Mav McNeely, Cam Davis, Taylor Pendrith is here. I'm I cannot wait to see how that shakes out. Um, like one of these guys could win it. Like I, I'm super excited just to see how those guys play this week. Yes, frankly. Um was surprised to see cam davis like below some of those guys given how he's playing really well right now and defending champ but i think you were spot on with what you said earlier as you thought he was we both thought that he was going to be a very popular pick this week and as the week went on um not so much so even though despite the good finishes despite the recent form and course history um you know people were more excited to see sahith and riley and mccarthy and mcneely um, these type of guys versus I was obviously given my portfolio um, more excited to get those shares on Cam Davis running back, baby. Oh, boy. After that, you mentioned you got Troy Merritt 491. Ricky Fowler went for 458. Bo Hostler 375. Anything anything of note stand out for you here? Nothing jumps. Um, you know. Nothing jumps too much at me. Maybe Danny Willett, maybe Svensson going for decent prices. Uh, Mackenzie Hughes actually had four consecutive uh, like top 30 finishes there through through June at in a big tournament, Travelers Memorial U.S. Open um, Open Championship. So he's on a good little run, you know, can always pop at any given tournament. Um, Cheston Hadley, who's someone you mentioned earlier, had in there. I've heard a lot of people talk about him and seemed like a very good price. Yeah, he's been getting hot, and he kind of did the same thing last year, and he's been piling up some good finishes. So no no surprise to see uh, Chesson getting a little bit of love. Uh, okay, Joe, we've got one more event in the regular season after this, Wyndham Championship. We'll obviously be back for that next week, and then we're going to roll to not four playoff events, just the three playoff events this year. Uh, FedEx St. Jude, that's the first playoff event, BMW Championship, Tour Championship, boom, boom, boom. Should be a lot of fun. Yeah, excited for the next run-up, man. Uh, a lot of good golf left in the season. It's been a long year, but uh, we keep going all the way through the playoffs. All right. Uh, follow Joe on Twitter. His handle is at TorPix. You can find me at Rick Run Good. Same time, same place next week. Best of luck. We'll talk to you guys soon.